Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-M-I-E. Your 177th favorite podcast host. And as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And I've been gone a month now. Um, I've been taking breaks recently, but this wasn't my fault. I had a break in some equipment and with this being a one-man operation, um, I don't have the sponsors or backing, so it's basically it was me saving to get new equipment, but my equipment is here. If you're hearing this, it means I'm up. So for the few listeners that are still here, the ones that haven't abandoned me, thank you all for your patience. I know I've been kind of dark on everything, you know, social media-wise and everything, and I, just, I really appreciate you sticking with me. Um, but today's episode, we are talking the two that's right, two, dos, uh, newest horror movies that hit the scene, and with it not being October, you know, it's kind of um, strange, especially for one of these, because they always came out in October, and this one got pushed back for the pandemic, and then it just got released in, you know, the end of May. We're going to be talking The Conjuring, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, the newest film in the Conjuring series universe, and we're going to be talking Spiral from the Book of Saw, the newest film in the Saw series. Now, we're going to be talking about uh, The Conjuring film first. It was released second this past weekend, but I want to get into The Saw after this because I think I have a little bit more to say, being more of a fan of the franchise. Um, the Conjuring was released this past week on HBO Go and in theaters as part of HBO Max's new, you know, we're this year releasing everything same day for a month. I've never been a huge fan of the Conjuring series. Now, this is the seventh or eighth film in the entire universe, spanning this, Annabelle the Nun, and so on and so forth. Um, and I was always, I, I like the Annabelle films a little bit better. They were never great. Uh, these films aren't bad. It's just that when you talk about possession horror films and possession films in general, they pretty much already have the greatest one ever made in the 70s, which is one of the first ones that hit the mainstream in The Exorcist. Um, the Conjuring universe revolves around Ed and Lorraine Warren and their tales of real life tales of, you know, dealing with the supernatural, demonic possession, and so on and so forth. Uh, the museum that they have is still available. You can go see. You can go see the real Annabelle doll. You can go see all these artifacts from their, their years of of doing exorcisms and investigating the paranormal and the demonic. The um, this film, the devil made me do it, is off of a real life case in the mid '80s, early '90s, um, where a guy named Arnie kills his landlord and then uses the defense that he was possessed by a demon, which caused him to do it. He is spoiler alert for this film. Spoiler alert for the next film. I mean, y'all know how I do it, so let's just get that out of the way. Spoiler film. He gets convicted. I mean, there's no way to prove demonic possession, okay? In real life, it is virtually impossible to prove the existence of demonic possession if you're trying to get someone off in a court of law. Not mentioning the fact that, really, I mean, if you open up that floodgates of saying I was possessed by a demon that's made me, you know, do this, you're opening up a can of worms or Pandora's box when it comes to uh, future cases. 
However, this film, going into this film, watching the trailer of this film, you see a guy walking down the road, uh, and the police, I think, I hurt someone. Um, it's a good concept. It looks good. I don't know what I was expecting from this film. I didn't get what I expected. Not to say that the film is bad. If you like the Conjuring series, I think you'll like this film. I think it kind of leads you down a different take on the rest of them and demonic possession and witchcraft. This kind of goes in a different direction than the other films have. However, I just I was expecting something more. I was expecting something more when it came to the case file, when it came to the actual working it, um, the kid being covered in blood. I was expecting something more than what I got. This film revolves around the kid as he and his girlfriend are living in a house. He ends up um, being possessed by a demon because his girlfriend's little brother was possessed by the demon originally and as Ed and Lorraine Warren are trying to help exercise that demon, uh, Artie grabs him and says, let the kid alone, take me. And so basically he becomes possessed with this demon and the demon causes him to kill his landlord, which causes him to go to jail. And we find out that his that he was cursed because the little kid was cursed. And it goes down this whole rabbit hole of trying to find the person who has cursed these kids, what's the meaning of it. And you never really get why or how. Um, you find out who the person is that does it, and but you never really get why they curse this person. All you get is that basically it is an occult ritual, and they're promising a soul to uh, a demon in exchange for what they don't really understand. They don't really understand. She, you never get why she picks this person. All it is, this person has to kill and then kill themselves. That's the ritual, and the only way to destroy this ritual is to destroy the altar from which the curse is put upon them. So as the story progresses, we find out that a priest had a daughter, and he was he's an occultist. He has brought down many occult figures, and he's basically raised her around this so much so that she's become enamored with the occult and has become basically enamored, and she's the one that is producing this entire uh, curse. But again, we never hear why she chose the victims. We never hear what the meaning of the victims being chosen are, what her intentions are, what it's for. So the story, while it's a, it's a decent story, it's not a terrible story. The story really just doesn't lead me anywhere down a path of where I wanted to go. It didn't go into a story of what I needed to see. And I don't really know what I was expecting, but I was expecting more. So this film, while not terrible, and again, if you're a fan of the Conjuring series, you, you'll probably enjoy it. It is not the best one in the series at all. And it, to me, was just, it was underwhelming. It didn't give me what I wanted and I, I, I think that I, I really think that the Conjuring um, they're trying to build a universe and there's so many stories with Ed and Lorraine Warren that they had that you can build off of with this but for some reason this just it, it just didn't click the writing wasn't there the storytelling wasn't there and while it gives you the jump scares it's not giving you the scares that you go into a film like this looking for or anticipating it. This one was relied heavy on more jump scare tactics of a, a slasher film or a, 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 a shock value horror film than it did a possession film. Uh, like I said, doing a possession film is very difficult considering that the exorcist was made and the exorcist is one, one of, and is considered by many to be, one of the top five, if not the scariest films of all time. It is the greatest um, 
possession horror movie of all time. There's none that have been better. They have all tried to replicate its success, and none of them have been able to even come close to what The Exorcist did. And so I go into films like this, like I said, with a lot of with with, with a lot of uh, underwhelmness. Like I'm not I'm, I'm ready to understand that it's not going to be as good as it once was, uh, as as The Exorcist is. But again, being a, not being a huge fan of The Conjuring, I think kind of took me out of it and, and didn't give me what I expected. However, it was a, a decent film. It's not a bad film. And again, if you like The Conjuring series, you're pretty much going to enjoy it, I think. Um, they've made a bunch of these, so apparently a lot of people are enjoying these films. But, you know, my take on it is, honestly, like I said, I was more of an Annabelle film fan, and even those aren't that great. But we're going to move on to the second horror film that came out before this one, and that is Spiral from the Book of Saw. This is the latest film in the Saw franchise. This is actually the 10th film in the entire franchise, encompassing everything from Saw 1 through Saw 7, and then you had Jigsaw in 2016, 2017, and then you had this one, which is produced by Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock had a hand in helping writing it. Which is, you know, when I when this one was first announced that Chris Rock was doing a Saw film, I was like, oh, what? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then they said, hey, Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in it. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I was expecting this film to be garbage. I was expecting this film to be just not, not, not going to be in the same vein. And honestly, it's not. Like, it, it's in the same spirit, but it's not in the same spirit. Let me clarify what I mean by that. Um, you have the, the saw gadgets, you have the saw traps, you have the, you know, the person with the, I want to play a game, the pig mask, even a puppet. You don't, we don't get the puppet that we saw from the original ones. We get a new puppet as this one film is based around the copycat jigsaw killer killing police officers who have, who are corrupt. He's not just killing cops, he's killing corrupt officers. He's killing police officers who lie on the stand, police officers who have murdered people for no reason, you know, just the, the, the corrupt dregs of society. And this is based around Chris Rock's character, who was an officer that, in his early days as a patrolman, um, his partner shot and killed a witness because he was going to testify on a cop, and Chris Rock turned him in, and he has been basically blackballed by everybody in his precinct. His father was the chief of police and he has been blackballed. He has been shot because he didn't get back up. Um, nobody wants to help him. People call him a rat. They don't include him in any, anytime he's working a case, nobody wants to help him. He is just, you know, a loner in this. Chris Rock does a great job acting in this. Like he, he really is. I think sometimes we forget because of how his comedic acting is and how much fun he is that Chris Rock can actually be a great actor. All you got to do is go back to watch New Jack City and watch him playing Pookie to know how good he can be. And he brings that into this. Samuel L. Jackson isn't in this film um, that long. He's, you know, and he plays Samuel L. Jackson. He That's what he is, a retired chief of police who's trying to help his son uh, catch a copycat Jesus suspended from his tongue, hanging and dangling in a railway railroad uh, subway station, with basically saying the jigsaw killer saying, you know, all you have to do is let your weight fall, it'll rip your tongue out, you'll live, but you'll get rid of what has caused you to lie on the stand so much. the 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 issues with this film, this doesn't take the path of the original one. Um, the twists and turns aren't as intricate as they were in the original series 
um, the story is basically it's kind of a lot faster paced. It's you know it's not as plotting and I mean plotting in a good way. If you watch the Saw films, you know again there's a bunch of intricate turns and sometimes they weave three or four stories into it because they're all built in a series. This is part of the series, but it's standalone because Jigsaw John Kramer has passed away years before, so you don't get the intricate crossing a path so it's more of a fast paced boom 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 in your face type saw film um the acting is done well in this the voice that they use for the the man that's a the overall killer is i don't like john kramer had a very um particular voice tobin bell's voice especially when they when they slowed it down and they did the i want to play a game it just it had that ominous voice to it. This one just doesn't have that. They've tried to replicate it before. It just doesn't work. It doesn't have that same ominous tone. This one's more of a you know I want to play a game. If you it, it seems more robotic. It doesn't seem like he's even actually like trying to be sinister. He's just he's just trying to hide his voice. Um, spoiler alert on it. Uh, you know, for anything going forward, the again the killings while saw type and vicious aren't the same. They do give everybody a chance to survive. You can live and you know through any of these. And the one that I think is would be the worst. You know, one guy you lose you can lose your tongue. The other guys it rip just gonna rip your fingers off. One of them, uh, the chief of police, when she gets caught. It's either several, sever your spinal cord, and and even he says he goes, you won't walk out, but you'll live. So basically, he's saying paralyze yourself from the neck down, or die. And John Kramer's never went that far, as far as I can remember. He never went that deep. As to basically saying you're going to be harmed like this for life. You're going to be physically unable to move. Um, but we come to find out that the actual killer, spoiler alert, is the partner of Chris Rock that gets assigned to him early in the film. The reason he is doing this is because his father was the witness that was killed by Chris Rock's partner that Chris Rock turned in you know, to become the quote-unquote rat in the NYC. Now, the big issue I have here is he's going through all this, you know, making these intricate, you know, devices. We know nothing about this kid. We don't know what it is. John Kramer was a genius engineer. He was a engineer. That's how he was able to come up with these. He came up with these basically to give everybody a chance to survive. He didn't want to kill anybody. Um, this guy, we don't know how he becomes, how he comes with all these intricate, you know, machines or why. He's not a follower of John Kramer. John Kramer gets mentioned in the film because, you know, we have a copycat jigsaw killer. But... It doesn't make any sense as to why he goes through the intricate act of creating these these uh, machines to kill. It, it, he's going, he's copying what Jigsaw did, but he has no affiliation to Jigsaw. 
Like, we don't find out that he was somehow related to Jigsaw or he was a follower of Jigsaw. They never mentioned why he's doing these Jigsaw-type murders to these police officers instead of he's just, you know, they didn't even say, he, he never even said that he was influenced by him. He's just, this is what started him to do it. And that was my big issue here. Every time we've had a Jigsaw killer, or a copycat after John Kramer died, they were always some way or form connected to John Kramer. You know, uh, a disciple of his, or a follower of his, or someone who had been, you know, corrupted by him. You know, one of his, not corrupted, but one of his, his victims that turned to him. That's what they always was. This was just a guy using the jigsaw type mentality and not being connected to him. And while that happens, you get copycats of serial killers. I didn't understand why he went this route. They never explained why he goes to such extremes to try and get the, get the point, get his point across or get the, the police officers to admit their wrongdoing. Like what, what is the reason for all this? You're doing it. Basically this whole film was done basically so he could, they can make another Saw film, and I'm a huge Saw film fan. I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, I've never been a big gore, uh, gore fest person, but the Saw films were just always intricate because, again, the John Kramer character was so intelligent, and the way that they wove the stories in and out through the series and connected points was just so fun, and it was so different. And this being connected to that entire thing, I know it's not a part of it. It's the book of Saw. But it. So while they're connecting it to it, it's its own standalone film. And it just doesn't have that same feel. It has the feel of a Saw film, but doesn't have the, the storytelling ability of a Saw film. They tried to lean in heavy on the ending with the you know the shock ending and the surprise ending, which pretty much every Saw film has a surprise ending. They tried to go with it here, but it just kind of fell flat. It didn't give you the the satisfaction of the rest of them. And while they set up for other films because the guy gets away, they again never they they never go down the path of why he's doing the way he's doing it. They don't understand. They they never go down the path of why he became a jigsaw killer, you know, and didn't go this way, or even how he was able to put these traps together because. A lot of these traps are very intricate. A lot of them are very, very intricate. And it just doesn't make sense that he would do it unless he was some kind of, you know, engineering genius himself and they never explain it. So, while the film, while neither of these films are great, they're also, neither of them are bad. Spiral is the better of the two, in my opinion, just because, again, the Saw franchise has always held a special place in my heart. Um... Which is very weird to say. Do not judge me on that, but it's not a bad. It's not. It's not a bad series in it. But I think that they could have uh, tightened the screws on the story a little bit and kind of explained a little bit more of why the character's doing what he's doing or why he is choosing to do it in the manner in which he is doing it, instead of just you know killing a cop or you know basically doing anything to make them. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? To make them repent for the sins which they committed. You know, he's doing it nobly, which is what John Kramer is doing. John Kramer never did anything. He never hurt anybody that wasn't 
you know, uh, an innocent person. He, he was doing it to a lot of people that were, you know, didn't appreciate life, which he was given. And he was trying to show them that life is worth living. This isn't that. This isn't John Kramer. This is the guy saying, hey, look, you screwed up here. Um, so you repent by getting rid of the appendage or whatever that caused you to be that person. So if you're going to give either one of these a shot, it's going to depend on your taste. Are you a possession film type person or are you a spiral or a saw film type person? Um, because honestly, I say give them both a shot and see if you like them. Neither one are great, neither one are bad, Neither both of them are just kind of there in the series. They're just kind of a, a peg in the machine that is the, the entire series and universes for their respective films. So, if I, again, if I had to pick one, I'm going to say I, I enjoyed Spiral a little bit more simply because of the acting of Chris Rock. Chris Rock plays a great uh, cop, and he even makes a New Jack reference New Jack City reference, you know, and he was in it. So that was kind of funny. He can be funny at times, but also he just brings a seriousness of a cop that kind of backstabs and doesn't trust anybody. And now he's thrust into this world of trying to catch a a very intelligent killer that is killing off friends of his and fellow police officers. And he's the one that's stuck in the middle of it. Um, so I just I think it's the better of the two films. But it's all up to you. Let me know what you think. Um, follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. Follow me on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. I'm on Twitch at NerdPoolGaming. If you're still listening to me and still rocking with me, thank you all. Um, again, I know it's been a while. Times have been tough. But I'm, I'm really hoping to get back on my normal schedule of putting out every week. You guys, you know, guys and gals, you chimichangas, my tacos, you're amazing. You know, you, you've always shown me love and you've always given me you know, way more than what I could expect out of all this. So thank you again for the love and just bearing with me through all this time. I'm glad to be back. I hope you're listening and I hope you can enjoy what is, what is to come. And I hope I can get back on my schedule and I can interact with you a little bit more. So thank you all again. You people are the reason I do this. I enjoy doing it for you. So until next time, that's Nerdpool. See ya.